Hello, my name's Christiana, and welcome to the Oceanside Community Church Podcast. We're a church in Parksville on Vancouver Island with a vision to be fully devoted children of God, fully mature in Jesus Christ, and fully alive with the Holy Spirit. We welcome you to join us weekly on this journey. For more information about our church, visit our website at oceansidecommunitychurch.ca or download our mobile app. We pray that you'll be blessed and equipped by today's teaching. We're going to be reading today from Hebrews 11, verses 11 to 16. And if you need a Bible, there's Bibles on the back table. And you're welcome to take one and keep it if you need it. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. Thank you for its power. Open our hearts, Father, by the power of your spirit that we may hear and understand. Give us ears to hear. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Just going to grab my water here. So today, we're going to continue our walk through Hebrews 11, this great chapter of faith. And we've examined how faith is not only the basis of our belief, but that it's the basis of our behavior. Belief and behavior. And we want to cement these two together into one thing, our faithful walk with God. I'll give you a little bit of a recap of our series, and unlike on TV, there's no button where you can skip the recap, so um, hopefully we've been following along. We've talked about Abel and how faith is an offering. Gavin spoke to that and how Abel offered his first fruits to the Lord. We looked at the account of Enoch, realizing that faith is pleasing to God. Enoch was commended as one who pleased God because he walked faithfully with God. And we looked at Noah and how faith is a holy fear and how holy fear is not worry or anxiety, 
but instead respect, reverence, awe, trembling, even holy terror as we experience the presence of our living God. And last week we focused on the life of Abraham and Gavin spoke about how faith is obedience. There was a call and a cost and a covenant. And this week we will continue that story of Abraham and Sarah and look at how faith is eternal hope. Faith is an eternal hope. And today we'll focus on promise. But while we focus on promise, I think we can do two things at once. I also want us to be thinking about perspective. Promise and perspective. God's promise and our perspective. The faithfulness, the reliability of God's promise and the perspective that we can have when we choose to live by faith. And walking with God, as we've mentioned throughout our series, is a life of living by faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let's look at God's promise, and we'll start with Abraham and Sarah, and then we'll look at God's promise to us. And we receive God's promises in our lives by faith, and then we allow these promises to shape us, to transform our perspective, and in turn, they will transform our actions, our very way of living. So let's go back to Genesis and review the promises of God to Abraham and Sarah. We'll go back to the past, but we'll be looking to the future and allowing that to transform the present. And again, a note on names, and I really appreciate what Gavin did last week by using one name for one person, so I'm going to stick with that. I'll keep using the names Abraham and Sarah, but with the understanding that it was God who changed their names. God changed Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. And actually, the name change is part of this story. It's part of the covenant, this story of faith based on the promises of God. So let's go back, review, let's look at the promise. In Genesis 12, 2, the Lord promises Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. What I noticed straight away, that this is a promise of blessing, God promises to bless his people. So church, when we say, I bless you in the name of the Lord, or I bless you in the name of Jesus, or I speak the name of Jesus over you, they're not empty words. 
They're a declaration of the certainty of God's promised blessing, including the promise that the church is the bride of Christ. And one day we will feast at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. God repeats his promise to Abraham in Genesis 13. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. And then God repeats the promise again in Genesis 15. Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, so shall your offspring be. And then again in Genesis 17, God says, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. And there's that name change as part of God's covenant with Abraham. And we see the promise of God repeated again and again and again and again. Does, does God ever repeat something to you? I know he does with me. I, I thought I got it the first time. But I just didn't really understand or perhaps I needed encouraging, I needed affirming, and God comes through time and time again because he who promises is faithful. Praise God for his patience. Let me read from Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. Amen. A kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, and God is trustworthy in everything that he does. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, an eternal kingdom. And God's promises to his people, they begin on earth and they stretch into eternity. So they're for the here and now, but they're more than that. They stretch into eternity. And knowing this and understanding this perspective helps with the here and now. And again, God is trustworthy in all he promises, and faithful in all he does. And Sarah understood this. 
Sarah realized that God is faithful. Sarah is on the list in Hebrews 11 as an example of faith. In Hebrews 11, 11, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him, that's God, faithful who had made the promise. Sarah considered God faithful. Sarah is an example to us. Wait, wait a minute. Sarah? Did, did I get that right? Yeah, yes, definitely Sarah. Okay, well, I mean, were you surprised? Maybe you know the story. I was a bit. I was surprised. That picture of her laughing, it just got stuck in my head. That's what I associated with her. So, so let's dig into this more. Let's spend a few moments and look at Sarah. And first, I want to emphasize that God's promise was not just for Abraham. It was also for Sarah. We read in Genesis 17, verses 15 and 16, God also said for Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her. Direct promise. God is going to bless Sarah and, and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. And I have to admit, I have read Genesis before, and I knew Abraham was the father of nations and that it was read in Genesis, and I did not realize until this week that it is read in there that Sarah is the mother of nations. So God promises to bless Sarah, and it's also clearly stated that God's covenant was to come through Isaac, the child of Sarah and Abraham. Sometimes God's promises are hard for us to believe, right? Is that true? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's from Isaiah 55. It's very humbling. We see the very human reaction of Sarah in Genesis 18 as she overhears the conversation be between Abraham and, and three visitors. We won't get into their identity this morning, but I want to focus on Sarah's reaction. She laughs. <laughs> she laughed to herself when she hears that she's going to give birth to a son. And, and to top it off, she mentioned that she's worn out. It sounds pretty sarcastic to me. After I am worn out, and my Lord, that would be Abraham, is old, will I now have this pleasure? And it wasn't just Sarah that laughed, for the record. Abraham also laughed in Genesis 17. He laughed to himself, too. 
So we have Abraham laughing when they hear this promise, right? It's not the normal reaction you'd think. God speaks and he promises. Abraham laughs. Sarah laughs. And then uh, Sarah describes herself as being worn out. And then in Hebrews 11, Abraham is described as being good as dead. And so from this one man and he as good as dead... That's no way to talk to the patriarch, is it? But here it is. Through worn-out Sarah and good as dead Abraham, and when I meet them in heaven, if they ever remember this conversation, I will apologize, say I was just trying to make a point, and I've felt worn out and good as dead too. But this is how God chose to work. Through these people, through worn-out Sarah And good is dead, Abraham. So God can do anything. And God is choosing us. Amen to that. Amen. God is choosing us here at Oceanside Community Church to accomplish his purposes. If we are willing to walk by faith, God is going to use us to accomplish his plans and purposes We might feel worn out, good as dead. It doesn't matter. As it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? No. God is the God of the impossible, the incredible, the unbelievable. In Job, Job himself says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. God's purposes cannot be thwarted. He will bring about what he wants to accomplish. It's our choice if we want to go along with that or not. He does give us free will. So we might feel old and worn out. On the other hand, I don't want to make everything down, We, we might feel young. And full of energy. And praise God. Praise God if we're feeling that today. Young and full of energy. Full of fire. Full of energy. Let's go. And we praise God. We recognize that's God at work in our lives. And we ask him to stir more of that up. That Holy Spirit fire. But you know, even if you're feeling that way. Even if I'm feeling that way. That's still not the point. Because the focus isn't on us. It's not about us. What matters is God, God's faithfulness, God's promises, God's plans and purposes, because he who promises is faithful. And Sarah's laughter changed. I also noticed this this week on a reread. Sarah's laughter changed from a laughter of scoffing and doubt to a laughter of joy. Did you know Sarah laughed a second time? But it was a completely different laughter. It was a laughter of ongoing thankfulness for the birth of her son, a fulfilled promise. After Isaac was born, Sarah said... Genesis 21, 6, God has brought me laughter 
and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Isn't that a wonderful transformation? God can change our very laughter. And Sarah is able to laugh in joyful amazement because God is faithful. So we have the birth of Isaac, a fulfillment of God's promise, the promise that Abraham would be the father of nations and Sarah would be the mother of nations, a promise of blessing. And I feel it's important to understand that the birth of the child was really only the beginning of the fulfillment, right? One, one child is not offspring as numerous as the, the dust and the stars. It's like one. We can count one. That was the beginning. And God's promise carried on. And it says in Hebrews that Abraham, Sarah, the others who live by faith saw and welcomed the things promised from a distance. That's where faith comes in. Where we might not see the whole thing right now. But we see part of it. And we see it coming. We understand that it's there. What about us? What's promised for us? And what is our perspective? A perspective that's anchored in the promise of God. And God has given us a promise. In fact, he's given us many promises. I wasn't sure whether to say God's promise or God's promises. Yes and amen, they're both true. God has given us many great and precious promises. This could be a whole summer series on its own, the promises of God, how God promises to be with us in the darkest valley, to hear us when we pray, to bring joy, to provide a refuge, to be our strength, to give us hope and a future. And there are many more promises and this morning, though, I want to emphasize a specific promise and talk about our eternal hope. God is preparing a heavenly country for those who believe. We read in Hebrews 11, 13 to 16, about the men and women who lived by faith Faith in God, the only, the true, the eternal living God. They are described as foreigners and strangers on earth, looking for a country of their own. That's an interesting perspective. Foreigners and strangers. But it tells us that men and women of faith are looking ahead. They're looking ahead. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely believe there should be godly concern for the present, for what is happening now on earth. But there is also a longing for something better. This is not our true home. 
It says, instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. A better country, an eternal city. And God is inviting us to experience this promise. A better country, a heavenly one. There's a new covenant that God desires to make with us. And the mediator of that new covenant is Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross for you and for me. As Jesus himself explained, this is the blood of the covenant. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But we have a choice. We kind of have two choices. We have that initial choice of, of choosing faith in Jesus, and then a choice of whether we continue to walk in faith or not. Let's talk about that initial choice. We can choose to accept or reject the gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus. When asked about the way to God the Father's house, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It wasn't a long explanation. It wasn't a deep sermon. How do you get to heaven? Me, Jesus. Okay. It's bold. It's bold. It's life-changing. Some things are hard to understand. Some things are hard to accept, right? Not everyone's going to accept it. But we have a choice. And asking Jesus into your life, believing that Jesus died for your sins and rose again, and accepting Jesus as your king, that is the path to eternal hope. And as we walk along this path, our perspective changes. Right now, I'd like us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And as I was preparing and praying through this, I just felt compelled to, to give anyone who would like the opportunity right now to invite Jesus into your life. It's your decision. I, I don't want to pressure you. That won't work. I just want to give you the opportunity, the opportunity to experience God's eternal hope through faith in Jesus. I'm going to lead in a prayer. You can stay in your seat. You can come forward. It's fine, whatever you feel led to do. And prayer team, I'll ask you to come forward and agree with and encourage anyone who also chooses to come forward. And I'll ask the music team to come forward at this time as well. Right now, perhaps, God has been speaking to you. You're ready. You're ready. You have that mustard seed of faith. You don't have to understand everything. You just have to know that you love Jesus, that you want to be with him. And if you'd like to invite him into your life, 
Pray from your heart something like this. Dear Father, God of heaven and earth, I declare that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again. By faith, I accept Jesus into my life as my Savior and King. In the name of Jesus, amen. And if you ask Jesus into your heart, we rejoice with you. You are part of God's forever family. And I encourage you, share the news. Share this good news. And if Jesus is not yet in your life, he continues to stand at the door of your heart. And he knocks. And he waits for you to invite him in. Let's stand together and and let's sing together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or download our mobile app for more content. If you're in the area, we hope to see you soon. Until next time, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you as you live by His Spirit.